Season 2, Episode 12, Making a Beat versus Knowing Your DAW. These are two tremendously different things. Knowing your DAW is just learning the music program. It's no different than learning how to use something like Photoshop or learning like a video editor. But if you've just learned your video editor, you know, you're not going to be making nice movies in terms of color grading and making that picture look the most professional it can look. And it's the same thing with making a beat, right? You can learn the music program. You can learn how to use EQ. You can learn compression. But the question is, do you know how to make the beat? And that's what I always try to teach you guys is how to make the beat. How to, again, get away from watching videos, you know, whether it be my courses or whether it be YouTube videos, so that you can sit there, make your own music, make your own beats with your own chords, your own melodies, and create beautiful, emotional music. Before we get into the episode, again, if you guys want to get my free book, it's called Five Keys to a Successful Beat, So Simple It Becomes Creative, just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash five keys, and I'll cover a couple of those just right now because they're very, very important, and it's important I talk about them so that you're aware of them, and they're really going to help you move forward faster and learn how to make beats inside of FL Studio. All right, so... The seven core principles is what's first in the book and then the five keys. So principle number one is stay inside your DAW and don't come out. I talked to you about this in the last episode, but you have to stay inside your music program. You have to spend a lot of time in there. Do not be going out and watching you know, YouTube videos. You have to figure things out for yourself. And when you get stuck, then you can come out, search for your answer, whether it be article, video, whatever. Once you have your answer, get back in your music program, okay? Principle number two is go directly to the source for your information. For whatever reason, we as humans, we hate the help manual, okay? FL Studio's help manual is amazing. It has hot spots, which means that you can click the images and it's going to bring you to that section within the help manual when you click on an image. But going to the source for your information is always going to allow you to get the highest quality of information most of the time. You know, usually manuals are pretty good. Going to the manual is by far the best way to get your information. Listening to me or listening to someone else is not the manual, okay? Principle number three, your mouse is the easiest approach in FL Studio. All right, so when I first started, I was using my mouse and my MIDI keyboard, and then I started getting into, oh, I want to get some hands-on, because that's what you see in the real studios, right? But when you're making beats inside of FL Studio, FL Studio doesn't really accelerate when it comes to hands-on. FL Studio accelerates with your mouse. It's the easiest approach. You're going to get way more accurate results. You're going to be able to work faster. You're going to be able to really get it done with a mouse. So I'll get, I'll tell you though, so you can map knobs and sliders in FL Studio, and I even went as far as to purchase uh, Mackie Control Universal. You can look it up. Now they have a USB version. Back in the day, it was only MIDI cables, but it's a motorized fader MIDI controller. So if you were to click a mixer, insert a fader, 
and move it up and down with your mouse, it would move it on the controller because it's motorized. I still have it. It's really, really cool. Maybe I'll bring it out one day just to show you guys. But what I'm saying is the easiest approach is the mouse. It's really easy to think, oh, I need hands-on. Oh, I think it's going to give me a better experience. I'm going to enjoy music making more. No. In my opinion, you want high-quality plugins. I talked to you about that in the last episode. So selecting the right plugins as a producer. I like FabFilter plugins. I don't have tons of plugins. I also don't have tons of sounds. Uh, if you guys check out my Safe Spots book, you guys will see that my drum kit folder, I think, is only like four to six gigabytes of sounds. Again, that doesn't include my instruments, like VSTs, because those are always you know bigger. But for drum kits, one-shot drum samples, all right? So, you know, when you don't have tons of sounds, it allows your folder to be smaller. It allows your backups to be quicker. So you got to think in terms of quality, variety, as well as workflow. And that's what I always try to teach you guys, okay? Uh, I'll just hop to principle number four. Uh, it's only fair if volume is fair. And so what this means is that when we are using tools like EQ or compression, when we turn off and on the plugin or we switch between A and B, we want to try and get a fair volume comparison. This is one of my golden pillars. So a course is coming out soon called Five Golden Pillars of Music Production. And you want to be making sure that your volume is fair when you're using EQ and compression. If you're not, you really don't know if your settings are helping, you know, if they're actually benefiting or harming your music. And so you just make sure that the volume is the same when you turn it off and on. So on an EQ, let's just say you boost some highs. So now the volume is going to be louder when you turn it off and on. Many times these EQs and these compressors, they have a master volume. So if you boost, then you might want to just turn down the master volume by like, you know, one decibel or point, point 0.5 decibel. Sometimes just like that. You don't have to spend tons of time here, but generally you want it to be a fair volume comparison. Now, again, I talked to you about FabFilter plugins. So Pro-Q3 has an auto gain compensation, which is really, really awesome because you just enable it with a button. And if you boost or if you cut, it's helping compensate that volume for you automatically. So you're able to adjust your EQ and it's keeping the volume similar for you. I do find that I have to maybe adjust it by like 0.25 or 0.5 here and there for like the final do I like it more or after, especially in like the mastering stages. But as you're mixing your music, you know, if you want to like, let's say go to 500 Hertz and like cut it by four decibels, five decibels, you just do it nice and quick and it automatically adjusts that volume for you. So that's, as, you know, I tell you, it's one of my golden pillars, a fair volume comparison, right? A and B and fair volume comparison. And when you get a tool like FabFilter Pro Q3, it does it for you automatically. So it's just a workflow thing. You know, you can do this by manually doing it. I've done it for years that way because Pro Q3 was not always out. And uh, I don't think they had auto gain in Pro Q because if you watch my courses, I was always using Pro Q, the first version. And after about, I think, five or six years, then I finally upgraded to Pro Q3. And if you want more information on what FabFilter plugins to buy, I have written an article on my website. You guys can just use the search bar, just maybe search FabFilter, and it will bring you there. Okay, so there's more principles. 
there's more keys. I'm not going to cover all of them in this episode. But again, if you want that free book, just download it at itsgratuitous.com forward slash five keys. The book is called Five Keys to a Successful Beat. So simple, it becomes creative. I give you my seven core principles of being a music producer and five keys to a successful beat. And we covered about four of them already. But this episode, I want to talk to you about making a beat versus knowing your DAW. Now, in the last episode, I talked to you about there's original compositions, which is making your own melodies, right? With a MIDI keyboard, you can play your melodies. And I like using a MIDI keyboard because it helps us keep our velocities, keeps your music more natural. And the other way to make a beat is sampling, all right? And to avoid any copyright issues, you can just sample your own music. And again, I have a course inside my platform for that. So sampling is when, again, you have a loop, you chop it up, and you make a melody out of that loop. It's a very, very special way of making beats. It makes beats much different than original compositions. So that's what I'm saying in terms of making a beat, okay? Now, to make a beat, when we talk about genres, dance music, hip-hop, pop, top 40. Now, if we break it down even further, so let's say we talk about dance again. Well, what kind of dance music are we making? Are we making like EDM? Are we making like um, tropical? Are we making, you know, so those are more current uh, dance genres. But what I'm trying to say is each of these genres have their own special techniques. So I like to do dance music, hip hop, you know, top 40 kind of beats. But what I'm trying to say is to make the beat requires a lot of different knowledge, which is totally separate from knowing how to use your DAW. And so when you are brand new, you have to learn your DAW. You have to learn how to use this music program and it's overwhelming. But once you learn how to use it, you'll, you will figure out that every single music program, every DAW is essentially almost the same, especially nowadays. They've come a really, really far away. Uh, innovation really hasn't you know, you know, we haven't seen anything really big come out from DAWs in the last like five, 10 years. Sure, there's improvements for workflow or maybe new features added, but audio for like the last like 50 years has been essentially like the same, right? 16-bit, 44.1 was like CD quality for years. If you're talking about movies, you know, it's 24-bit, 40, 48K, 48 thousand hertz it really hasn't gotten further than that and then you talk about high sample rates and it's like okay but our ears can only hear up to twenty thousand hertz so why are we working in 192 you know so this comes down more into uh the science of audio and like the math of audio which is it gets way too technical which is it's good to know if you want to take it to that level but if you are just wanting to make the beat right? You want to keep it as simple as possible, especially when you're trying to learn. So you first have to learn your DAW and anybody can learn your DAW. I gave you the example in the last episode that I could teach my dad how to use the DAW, but give him five years, 10 years, will he ever learn how to make the beat, right? So when I'm speaking to you, I'm trying to teach you how to make the beat. So first of all, we have to learn the music program and I have courses on that. But the other courses, like such as like arrangement, uh, the mixer, the mixer is where it really all happens. Sure, you can make your melodies and everything, but the mixer is where 
it really happens. You add your effects on, you adjust your, your levels. You have to decide, you know, what is the main element in this track? So when it comes to making the beat, there is so many different, like, you know, little secrets, different little techniques that you have to learn. And especially pertaining to your genre that you want to create. Because if we talk about hip hop, hip hop, if you really, really look at hip hop, a lot of the melodies and a lot of like the drum loops and the techniques, they're so simple that they become creative. And that's the reason why I I gave my free book there, The Five Keys to a Successful Beat. Uh, The subheading is so simple, it becomes creative. And that's what I always feel about hip hop. Okay, it's very, very simple, but it's so simple that it becomes creative. And that is what you want to learn as a beat maker. You want to learn the secrets. You want to learn the tricks, the techniques, so that when you're making the beat, you can use these back pocket tools that, you know, I always talk to you about these back pocket tools. You want to be learning all these different tricks so that if the beat is working or if it isn't working, you can keep trying these different tools at different times to make that beat work because not every single beat works. Some beats are going to just work right out of the gate. You know, you make your drum loop, you play your first melody, you add another melody and you're just like, wow, this beat's going together so good. And it becomes special, but not every beat is special. Not every beat is like the best. Some beats you got to work at harder than others. But what I'm trying to say is anybody can learn the DAW. Anybody can learn the music program, but you want to get to the point where you can learn how to make a beat. And I always stress, you want to be learning how to create your own beats, your own style, not what's currently in, not the trends because the trends change. And what's going to happen is the trends will change on you and you as a producer are going to have to learn the new skills. So my advice to you is the different genres that you like and the ones that you've listened to growing up. Try and find the secret techniques in those genres. And what's going to happen is over time, you're going to learn these techniques. They're going to become a part of your sound and your style, right? Because really, we've all been influenced by the things that we've listened to or the things that we've watched as, as children. And now we're at this stage where if you're making the music, like you are now creating it for other people to listen to. And so, you know, you are becoming kind of like a role model. And it's important that when you are at this level of a role model, that you are being a role model to people, all right? Because it gets serious like that um, and it happens fast. So I'm going to wrap up this episode here, but it's important for you to understand that anybody can learn your music program, okay? But here on this podcast and on my website, it's gratuitous.com, I'm trying to teach you how to make a beat, Now, again, my teaching uh, approach applies to any genre, not so much trap because trap does work with a lot of loops and stuff. I'm not I'm not into like audio recordings and loops unless it's like vocals. I'm mainly concerned with MIDI, right? We have our virtual instruments. We play our notes. We have our one shot drum samples. We make our drum loops from scratch. Then how can we process them further? Okay, so again, there's so much information uh, inside my platform. There's 26 courses. For more information, you can go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash courses. Again, always feel free to reach out to me at hi at itsgratuitous.com. 
visit the website and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.